and welcome to the Euro Trips podcast. We are back after international break as we review the return of domestic football to all the four of the five major leagues in Europe. So I am your host, Andy, and I'm, as, as usual, joined by Alex, Ryan and Naeem. How are you, boys? Oi, he squeezed through in the end there. Hello, <laughs> missed this. That was the second take and it almost became a third. Um, yeah. I'm fine, thank you, Andy. Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. All good here as well. Good stuff. So we might as well start with my end with the Premier League. Um, so the early kickoff saw Leicester beat, lose 3-0 to Chelsea at home in quite a poor performance from the home side. Uh, goals from Rudiger, former player N'Golo Kante and Christian Pulisic um, were different in this game. Um, Steven Gerrard, the new Aston Villa manager, got off to his first win in his first game as char- in charge of the club uh, with goals from Ollie Watkins and Tyrone Mings. An absolute thriller in what was a very goal act goal-packed weekend. Um, so Burnley and pa- Crystal Palace drew 3 all. Um, two goals from Benteke as well as Gueri, as well as Ben Mee, Chris Wood and Max Corney for Burnley. Another 3-3 saw Newcastle and Brentford um, play out another thriller in what should have been Eddie Howe's first game at the stadium, the new Newcastle manager, but COVID meant that he uh, watched it from, from afar. Um, so the goals came from uh, Ivan Tony, Henry and an own goal from Jamal Sells, as well as goals from a goal from Jamal Sells and St. Maximum and Joe Linton. Uh, Norwich got another win, back-to-back wins, their first win uh, in the first game under um, new manager Dean Smith. Uh, they won 2-1 against Southampton. Goals from Grant Hantley, Timo Kuki and Che Adams uh, were the goals in this game. Um, Watford beat Man U 4-1, which saw the ultimate end of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's reign as Man United manager. Ironically, the last goal under his reign was Donny van der Beek, but goals from Malang Sarr, Jao Pedro, Emmanuel Dennis and Josh King um, meant Watford got what was a very surprising win despite Manu's form and then Wolves beat West Ham 1-0 thanks to a goal from Mal Jimenez who seems almost back to his best um, and then the late game saw Liverpool thrash Arsenal 4-0 with goals from Sadio Mane, Mo Salah, Taki Minamimo with his first touch and Diego Jota um, and then we head on to the Sunday slate um, to the early kickoff saw Man City dominate Everton from start to finish with a 3-0 win over, over the blue half of Merseyside um, goals from Mahim Sterling, uh, Bernardo Silva, as well as a an absolute rocket from Rodri, were, were the goals that made all the difference in this game. And then Spurs got Conte's first win as manager, come back from 1-0 down to win 2-1. Dan James opened the scoring for Leeds just before half-time, before um, goals from two very unlikely scorers in Pierre-Emil Hoiberg and Sergi Regalon, and then that Spurs got a win at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, so, yeah, in terms of... These this weekend's just gone. That has really sort of flipped around the relegation sort of fight because Norwich are now well and truly um, got a chance of surviving. Whereas t- maybe a month ago, people thought they were already down as relegated. They're now 19th and just three points off the safety place, which is um, currently occupied occupied by Leeds United, who are edging closer towards danger with Newcastle and Burnley, the other two teams in the bottom three. Whereas the top four stayed the same, really. Um, with West Ham, apart from West Ham moving to fourth and Liverpool moving up to third. So the league table hasn't changed much at the top, but at the bottom, it's very much a different story. Um, in terms of the Premier League action, I don't know what where it stands in terms of records, in terms of total goals on a weekend, but that has to be surely one of the, mo- the best Premier League weekends in, in a while, boys. What, what do you think? Yeah, it's definitely worth watching match of the day for a, for a change um 
I thought it was good stuff, to be honest, apart from a certain team being big 4-0, but yeah. Uh, I, I skipped every game. <laughs> uh, you would do, wouldn't you? I, was, um, uh, no, I watched the Chelsea-Leicester game. And obviously, Chelsea were very good and Leicester were very bad. Um, then so, I watched then I watched uh, Juventus like squeeze past Lazio. Um, then I think I watched a, a league going game. And then the next day, I didn't watch any Premier League football again. I think I watched Napoli, Inter and like Strasbourg. And then... I- Tried to watch Leon, which we'll get onto later. Alex is a secret Chelsea fan, so of course he's going to watch. I'll, <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, I wish. You know, I, I've got a new responses. I wish, like the Chelsea fans felt that way because they just don't in any way whatsoever. They fucking hate me. So uh, yeah, Ryan, you can you, you can you can fire that one at me. Um, I wish it was true because it'll probably help me out. Uh, and before we do go on to the um, other leagues, in terms of the English team's participation in Europe this week, we had two teams play yesterday. Man U secured their place in the last 16 with a 2-0 win over Villarreal in Spain. Um, Ronaldo got the goal, of course, and then Jadon Sancho got his first goal for Man U right at the end of the game, whereas Chelsea beat Juventus 4-0 at Sanford Bridge, which is quite a surprising result, uh, one that I don't think many people expected. And um, a good thing for Chelsea's youth system was that a lot of their youth players scored in this game. I mean, Timo Werner got a goal late on, but the other goals came from Trevor Chalaber, Rhys James and Callum Hudson-Odoi. For a youth academy, that gets a lot of stick for the amount of players they loan out. Um, these players scoring here and how tricky Rhys James has played this year, um, I think that, that goes to show how, how good that academy actually is and how good their system of loaning out what seems like a million players every year to Vedes Harmon, how it actually works. So kudos to Chelsea. Right, that's the next league I want to focus on. Uh, I mentioned Villarreal lost to Manu. We'll go to La Liga. So Naeem, what has been happening in La Liga in the last seven days? The last seven days, right. So on the Friday, Levante, they played out a nil-nil draw with Athletic Club. Then on a Saturday, we had Celta Vigo, they took on Villarreal. That game ended in one all. Uh, two two bad goalkeeping errors uh, in the goal led to both goals. So, yeah, goalkeepers um, weren't at the best that day. Deportivo, they took on Levante. They actually went down 1-0 in the first 13th minute, thanks to Jorge de Frutos. Uh, but in the second half, two goals from Hossolu, one penalty and a goal in an injury time, 91st minute, secured the win over them. Sevilla... They managed to get a two-all draw against Deportivo with Rakitic scoring in injury time to level the scoring. Another um, drop points there again from Sevilla. Atletico Madrid, they was at home against Osasuna and they won 1-0 thanks to Felipe. Another late goal coming in at 87th minute. Xavi, um, he played his, he got his first game under the way managing Barcelona with a 1-0 win against Espanyol thanks to a Memphis Depay penalty. Getafe, they beat Cadiz 4-0 at home. Uh, three of the three out of the four goals were headed goals, and the fourth goal coming in the ninety-fourth minute um, from Mata uh, was a, quite a good volley from inside the box. Uh, secured the 4-0 win. Granada, they uh, lost 4-1 at home to Real Madrid. They was down 2-1 in the first half. Before goals from Vinicius Junior and Fernand Mendy in the second half secured the win. Um, other events in that game, once you got a straight red in the 67th minute, but 
the game was pretty much done by then, so it didn't really affect the game too much. Elche, they lost 3-0 at home to Real Betis. Uh, all the goals came in the first half. Dranby uh, scored. William Jose got a penalty in the 24th minute. And then Nabil Fakir, he scored three minutes later on. Um, wasn't a good game for Hector Bellerin, though, as he got a straight red for a last-man foul. So, obviously, the game before that, he scored an own goal. Um, and, obviously, this game, he's um, got a straight red. So, yeah, he's not having the best of times there. And Rio Vallecano, they beat Mallorca 3-1. With goals coming from Guardiola, Alvaro Garcia and Oscar Trejo. And, yeah, so that was pretty much um, all the games that happened this weekend. Um, in terms of the table... Levante, they still remain rock bottom on seven points. They still haven't recorded a win this season. Uh, the other two teams are Getafe and Elche, um, who make up the bottom three. At, at the top of the table is Real Madrid. They're on 30 points. Uh, second place is Real Sociedad with 29, but they've played a game more. Sevilla, they are third with 28 points. Atletico Madrid... They they're on they're on 26 points in fourth place. Real Betis got their first win in two games, which takes them up to fifth with 24 points. And then in um, in the last European spot is Rayo Vallecano, um, who are on 23 points. So yeah, at the moment, obviously Real Madrid are, the, uh, are pretty much the informed team. It looks like they might start to pull pull away, but yeah, it's still quite tight up there. So yeah, anything can happen really, and um. Yeah, we'll see what happens this weekend. And sticking with Spain as well, I mean, I mm. actually I didn't watch Chelsea, but I actually watched the um, Benfica-Barcelona game, which yes. really should have ended with a Benfica win. I mean, I don't know whether any of you saw the yeah. from Severovic right at the end. I mean, what was he doing? I mean... I can I guess, believe it. It's like, that was their chance to... I mean, that, that I, I, I'm pretty sure that would have been the goal that would have sent Barca out and put Benfica through. Ryan and I'm, did you watch it? Didn't unfortunately. Yeah, um, I, did, so, I didn't I watch the game, but uh, I didn't watch the game, but I did see the the miss. Yeah. Yeah, nine. It was like the ninetieth minute, pretty much. I think it's like ninety third minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Barcelona, uh, like they get they get counterset by Benfica. It's a two on one situation in terms of the defender. Um, I think it was Darwin Nunes played it across to Sverovic, who's just got into the box. He's like, I'm talking from memory. He's taking like a touch, pretty much. He, he, he's almost round the goalkeeper and he's inside the box. There's no defender around him. But I, at this point, I, I, I'm doing, doing some work. I look up and go, oh my God, the game's actually got excited. So I leap up. You hear the crowd leap up and he just pokes it like so painfully slowly wide. And their manager, Jorge Jesus, <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys saw yeah, his, um, yeah. Did any of you guys see his post-match comments? I've not seen that, no. Oh, no. I, I'm just going to quickly get it up. <laughs> it was So the the caption was to his comments, um, so Benfica manager, the caption was uh, uh, like, oh, at least he's um, the manager. At least, you know, he's felt Severovic. He's, he's offered him his empathy. Uh, he's been really nice to after the miss. Uh, his words were, in 30 years as a coach, I've never seen anything like this. I don't know how he's missed it. <laughs> I mean, once again as well, if you look at it as well, look, look at it again now, you could you could have passed the number nine as well. I mean, yeah. it's so, like, you could, there's so many things he could have done that he just didn't do. It was just, of all, of all the options he had, that was definitely the worst he could have taken. But the reason I'm mentioning this is, is because, obviously, for Barca to go through, they're going to have to beat Bayern Munich at the Allianz Arena. 
and hope that um, that Benfica lose or draw to um, Dinamo Kiev. So it looks pretty much likely, unless a miracle happens for Barcelona, that they're going to be playing football in the Europa League, which I don't I think that's not happened since, I want to say, 2001. I know we played in the Europa Cup in 2001. I don't think they've been in that tournament since. So how weird do you think boys think it'll be if, to, to see Barcelona in, in the Europa League? Very. It'd be weird, but, you know, they, they haven't really had the greatest of um, European uh, campaigns. They've only scored two goals in their group, so yeah. they've only... Looked, sorry, I, no, I, I I looked at that lineup last night, mm. so I, I wondered, obviously I saw it's nil-nil quite late on, and when you looked at, at that actual lineup, it's so bad, and it's not even anything, you wouldn't even, you'd look at that lineup and think, you know, that's a that's a Valencia team, or or Real Betis team. Yeah, yeah. They're so short of, of, of quality. And the formation as well just looked really, really strange. I don't know if it's that, if that was actual, you know, the formation, what Xavi was playing or not, because we're watching the game. But it just looked like a team, you know, you know I know I know they've got a lot of uh, La Masia players who then they'll start to obviously give games time to. But, you know, they're in a position where they have to give them game time. And, you know, they're doing all right. But the other players that they've brought, you know, I don't even... Has has Memphis Depay done anything lately? Yeah, he's um he's pretty much the only one that's been really scoring for them. Really, he's um he's, well, he's scored in his last three games for them. Well, apart from obviously last night, but mm. he seems to be the only one really that um, is a really a goal threat um, going forward for Barcelona. So it's obviously something that Travi is going to have to work on. But I know they have got a few injuries here and there. But yeah, like you said, yeah, yeah, they're not they're not doing too great. Um, Got, well, they're not really scoring that many goals really this season. They're only really winning by like the odd goal here and there. So mm. yeah, um, it's going to take time, but you know, I, th- I think I think their objective is just probably top four this season. And if they do drop down to Europa League, probably try and win it really. But yeah, we have to wait and see. But yeah, I, I, I think Bayern Munich they're already through anyway as group winners, so they probably will rest players. But you yeah, know, that's a good point. That is a good point. And they may. I mean, I know we hopefully we do this against Porto tonight play our second team and we should do for all these through as group winners. But yeah, that could that's probably their best chance of, of of winning the game is the fact that Bayern may well just rest players. But they may, you know, they they may obviously with, with them having winter breaks, unlike England, maybe they will want to end on a high and that there's not quite as much of a focus to rest players with them having two or three weeks off. Um and obviously one final point of Barca is that also I was watching the game and I think the the stadium was only about half full in attendance, so it's like it's they aren't bringing. I think it's been happening a few games now in this season in Spain, where in, in a new cap where they aren't they aren't bringing the fan base in. So it just they've averaged be... um, thirty thousand fans out of seventy thousand. It was filled out on the weekend for Chavi's first game, but in fairness to in fairness to him yesterday, apparently um, the 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 rain was like so bad they put a lot of um, put a lot of fans off. It's, yeah, it's actually... I mean. Rain happens probably once every every three years in Spain. Maybe. Yeah, they're not they're not built like the British. They're not dealt, they're not dealt with it. <laughs> it's actually cheaper to go and watch AFC Wimbledon than it is to see Barcelona at the moment. Wow! Wait, really? A Wimbledon ticket was the last time I checked for one of our home games was thirty quid, and you can get a Barcelona ticket online for twenty five euros. <laughs> wow! Wow, that, that is a real staff bit of risk. I think we went, we watched Barcelona in a new camp in the in the, their version of the Community Shield, the Spanish Super Cup, and those tickets were not cheap. I can tell you. So um, <laughs> it, it's it's it just shows how far they've come. But 
we will move on because we don't want to we don't want to give Barca fans too much too much t- uh, stick over the podcast. Um, yeah. We will now head to events in France. So, Alex, what's oh, been happening in Ligue? <laughs> do I even want to go through the games, or do I just, do I just skip to Sunday night? Because you know, yeah, oh, yes. we're, we're, oh, yeah, we're starting with that. So, I'm going to give you the full the full background of my end of this. Uh, I, no, in fact, yeah. Um, early in the week, right? I uh, the the channel that I sometimes do is live watch alongs on these sort of radio shows, to European football. Uh, the host Gem, I, he messaged me. He's like, Alex, mate, want to do one this weekend? I go, okay. Right, there's one clear game. It's um, it's Lyon beat Marseille on Sunday evening. This is a fierce rivalry. It's gonna be great. Um, that was on the Monday. Then on the Wednesday, I get a friend from uh, a guy on Twitter. Get a shout out uh, at from the cage. Uh, Spurs fan. Um, he says he, he messages me. He goes, Alex, mate, I've got a bit of, uh, uh, on Friday. I'm tempted to go out or not, but um, I know Leon v Monaco's on. Is it worth watching that, or is there a different league going game I can uh, watch? I, I think he's trying trying to expand his horizons. So I said to him, you know what, mate, a Leon v Monaco. Both uh, Leon and Monaco, they've both been a bit eh this season. Uh, I'd skip that game. It's probably going to be nil nil. He goes, okay, okay. So Friday comes and they draw two two in a brilliant game, um, and he's rightfully like this this Leon Monaco Leon uh, Marseille game. It better be a fucking thriller. It better be three three. Better be four three. I'm telling you, not mate. It's gonna be perfect. It's gonna be great. Okay. The, the last it, it was a while ago. I know, but one Marseille Leon game that sticks out is when um. Uh, Fabio or Matteo Valbuena I might I think I got his first name wrong we all know Valbuena the French attacking midfielder we've had in our ultimate team he had an effigy hung of him I think in the uh, Lyon stadium because he'd moved to Marseille his teams hate each other there's so much fun between them so I was telling him you know Sunday evening 7.45 this is going to be great and Sunday comes you know I've watched watched the other leagues watched Serie A Ryan will talk about it in a bit Brilliant game, so much fun. Get on my live stream, spend 15 minutes talking this game. I was like, this is going to be superb. Great bit of league earn. And uh, two minutes into the game, it gets cancelled because a fan <laughs> threw a water bottle of pie. And we spent two, I spent two hours on a stream staring at a blank football pitch, waiting to see if the game would resume. Uh, you can ask your questions now, but I just wanted to get that anger out because what a fucking letdown! Yeah, I mean that is that is bad. I mean that's I think I read somewhere that's the fourth time this year they've had a game postponed or cancelled, and I think that there's a lot of talk now I've seen online reports today and yesterday that the, the state of French football seems to be a bit of a bit a bit of a mess in terms of the fan base. I think Marseille now playing games behind closed doors. Is that right? Uh, I don't think they've had a final decision on it, but. I can give um, some interesting insight because uh, you, you guys are actually getting a nice little scoop because I've been reading into what I was on the on the night obviously um, because I had better things to do than like stare at grass. Uh, I started going on Twitter and just reading what um, French football fans were saying, not like the ones like like me in England, like what actual Lyon and Marseille fans were saying on French like forms. And the general consensus is that if you guys remember in September, it might have been late August, when Marseille played Nice and the Nice fans broke down the, the sponsorship barriers, right? You guys remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was like international news. That was the worst thing we've probably seen in European football for a long time, like players getting beaten up. The 
while French football fans are theorising is that it was that's really raised the tension. So now every team and fan is mm-hmm. on edge because we we're right to say it's not just Marseille that happened. This a San Etienne uh, Etienne game got delayed by an hour and a half a couple of weeks ago. Lille and Lens had the same thing at half time. But basically all over France, I think the tensions between fan bases and it crucially during games has risen. So. Now it's a kind of reaching this fever pitch. And hopefully what happened to Pae is the thing that shuts everyone up because it is worth saying it was one fan and every pretty much every Leon fan I was uh, listening to on the night, like I'm reading what they were saying, every single one of them said, well, an absolute prick, like uh, getting banned from the stadium. Like no no one was saying, oh, shitty little Pae. And there's a thing to address as well was, I'm not, I'm not sure if, if you guys seen the clip, I've no, I've read all that. I've not actually, yeah, I'm not actually. I'll so, watch it now. Actually, I'll get a watch of it. Well, oh, Andy watches it. Like Nyman Ryan, I imagine when you heard about it, hmm. Pi gets hit by a water bottle, getting cancelled. You're thinking, all right, fuck it, come on, kill it's a water bottle. Yeah, but here we go. That happens in the corridor, right? Well, the thing, the thing to mention about it, from watching it, the bit you can't see of the clip. So, but Pi's already gone over. That's Andy's question. Pi's yeah. already gone over to take it. Um, and the game gets paused because some things get thrown towards him and he goes back to the ref and there's a stadium and that's to say, like, fans, can you calm down? Please calm down. Don't throw any shit. And that's when he goes back and you can see the clip. Now, that water bottle comes from... It doesn't come from, like, a row behind him. It comes from Oof. the upper... It comes from the upper Leon stand. And it's not an empty water bottle. It's, like, a full one. And it's hit him on the back of the head when he's actually... Like, it's calmed down and he's not thinking about it. He's not realising anything. He was... It, at one point, it looked like he was just knocked out. They, they got a stretcher on for him. He was down for a good 10 minutes. He wasn't milking yet. Like, it looked like the last time that happened, he got straight back up and was like, fuck you lot. He's, he actually, like, had to get a bit of help walking off the pitch because I think it... Not only did it shock him, but... Because, you know, when you hit the back of the head, you're not expecting it. It did actually take the wicked wind out of him. So that's what I'm saying. I'm hoping this is the pitch of it because... Pi genuinely seems to have actually been not only physically hurt, but mentally hurt. Everything after the game was saying he's just like absolutely in shock. If the game had restarted, he was not going to go back out. So that's what I'm saying. Hopefully this is the, the end of it. Because if it's not, I think it's going to take for a player to get like actually seriously injured or a fan to be seriously injured or killed before it really shuts everyone up and, re- and sort of reduces the tension. Yeah, I mean, I'll just, I'll just watch it now, and that is, there's some force behind that throw. I mean, it really is quite harrowing, just looking at how much they, um, how heavy it hits. But I think the only thing more shocking in that bottle here is, is the hairstyle he's gone for with the, it looks like he's like a mixture of Minnie Mouse and um, Princess Leia. It, it's really terrible. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what the hell he's thinking with that hairdo, but. I mean, he's, he scored, the assisted 11 goals in about 12 games this season with it. So, you know what? It's clearly working. It's yeah. working, it's working. I mean, I think I think if I went to my mates and had that and donned that hairstyle, I think I would get laughed out of the building if I had that haircut. <laughs> See, this is the thing on the this is the thing on the stream where I had to balance the humour like this, where it was like I was just sitting there thinking, for goodness' sake, and then you get the occasional comment that would make you chuckle, just go, "It's a bit sad and everything, but it's a bloody good throw." And he's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did. It was good accuracy. You got to, you got to um, give the fan that, I suppose. Yeah, he's so. I'll go on, Ryan. No, I'm just saying. I, I heard as well that most um, 
most stadiums now in Europe are basically banning people bringing in bottles with uh, with the caps on. They're, they're making people take the caps off and throw them away for that specific reason. Uh-huh. I swear that's, be, that's been around in the UK, I swear, for years. I swear, I swear, yeah. Every, yeah, in the UK, whenever, yeah. Yeah, whenever I've been to a game in the UK, I swear I've always had not be, brought a bottle in or not been allowed to or not allowed I, to have it with the lid on. Uh, so. Carlo, I went to West Ham and I brought like a I put four water bottles, the ocean oh. cannon. Uh, you know that you know the meme of the ste- the the security guard who like doesn't check. Yeah, yeah. That's weird though because it, <laughs> when we went to Dortmund game, they had nets up behind the goals, massive you know fuck off nets. You don't you can't really even see them to be honest unless you look really closely at them. So why don't they have them in in France? So this is the thing. Um, they're now planning to put them up at one point. You, I will say as well. We don't want to spend too long, of course, but. I sat there for the whole two hours, reading up on the information, getting from all different sources, and it was just a calamity. It was like 40 minutes in, they got told the game was restarting. Then like 20 minutes after that, he was saying, oh, they're only going to be able to play if they put the nets up around. Like they said, we're going to quickly put nets up Mm. around the stadium. I was like, okay, well, great. You're going to add a new stadium feature in 10 minutes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, and it's, this is the weird thing. It said the referee had cancelled the game. Um, Oh, it was going to cancel the game, but Sam Pauli and Steve Mandanda didn't want that to happen. Like the Marseille uh, manager and captain, like they went to conf- convince the ref otherwise. Uh, like ten minutes after that report, the ref says, "Okay, we're going to restart the game." But then Marseille don't come out. They say, "We don't want to start restart the game." So you, you go, well, "What do what what do you want to do? Do you I want saw... to play?" Go on. I know. I saw the Leon. I, I watched it for a bit. I saw the Leon players come up. And, you know, they they came on and done the most, you know, unambitious warm-up I think I've ever seen. I think they knew that it wasn't going to go ahead again. But I can fully understand why the Marseille players didn't come on. But then again, did in the Nice game, I know I know they replayed that, but they was due to forfeit that game, weren't they? It was going to be a 3-0 defeat. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if they didn't go out, it would be a 3-0 defeat. And I will say, Ryan says he saw them warm-up. I will say... Maybe he didn't. He maybe saw the full match replay of that because obviously BT Sport, the broadcasters, and I think Amazon Prime. <laughs> um, when when, it, when Nice and Marseille had their game cancelled, it was it came after like the 70th minute, so they could fill the time with playing like the different shots and things. <laughs> um, <laughs> for this, because it got cancelled two minutes through, the only replays they had was Pi getting hit with a water bottle, <laughs> and once that stopped, it was like. On stream, I, I me and someone else on stream watching it, and it, it, it was like 20 minutes after the Leon players had come out to warm up, and we went, oh shit, they're coming back out again. And it's like they gave a full like two minute replay of the Leon players coming back on to warm up, then going off. And we realised <laughs> like only after like 20 seconds, going, hang, they're making the same boot. They've, they've just got nothing to do. And it, the thing is, as well, it didn't get cancelled until 10 o'clock. Uh, UK time. So for some reason, and up until that moment, they thought in France, got, like these fans were going to stay on a Sunday night till like potentially one a.m. Mess, absolute mess. <laughs> yeah, it, incredible stuff, really. I mean, it's surely you have to end now. Um, but the final league we want to focus on, we mentioned it very briefly just then. But Ryan mentioned Syria. So what is happening in Italy? Everything and everything. Um, I mean, now the old boring, boring international break has sort of been and gone. We returned to action at the weekend and kicked off with Atalanta, 
who smashed five past Spezia. And again, that did finish 5-2. That was then followed by a game Alex mentioned with two of the big guns squaring off as Juve beat Lazio 2-0 at the Olimpico with Leonardo Bonucci scoring two penalties. A bit perplexed as to why he was the penalty taker, but whatever works for him. Um, the final game on the Saturday actually saw a seven-goal thriller between the inconsistent Fiorentina and the high-flying AC Milan, in which Laviola won by four goals to three, including two from the main man, Dusan Vlahovic, and one from the former AC Milan player, Ricky Sapanara. Uh, Ibrahimovic got himself a brace for Milan, but it wasn't enough for them to come out on top. Brilliant game. Uh, Sunday saw five games actually take place, with Sassuolo and Cagliari taking a point apiece. Venetia grabbed a precious three, uh, three points away to Bologna. Sampdoria defeated lowly Salernitana 2-0. Inter became the first team this season to beat Napoli after an epic 3-2 win at the San Siro. And lastly, for the weekend, Roma narrowly beat Genoa away thanks to two late goals from Felix Athena Gian, who madly was born in 2003. Um bit crazy you know it's a bit 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 heartbreaking to actually say that for us look considering our ages but <laughs> yeah. um and yeah finally on monday we saw the final two games of the weekend um take place in which both verona and torino won 2-1 at home against empoli and udinese respectively after all these games the league table hasn't changed too much although because both milan and napoli lost they still remain level on uh, 32 points at the top, but it has helped Inter bridge that gap down to four points now. Uh, Juve still remain down in eighth place with four of the teams above them all winning over the weekend, which didn't help them at all. Salernitana and Cagliari still remain bottom, or joint bottom actually, with seven points. But it's actually Venetia who are the surprise team at the moment because with that win, they've now climbed further up now to 14th and have a cushy six-point gap between them and the bottom three. So it's going to be interesting and exciting all, all season because any probably of about five or six teams could go down and probably any one of the, probably the top eight teams could qualify for Europe. And you've got a, a title race still to come, I think, probably between the current top three, maybe top four if Atlanta continue to win as well. So you know, it's going to be... It's going to be interesting. Uh, Dusan Vlahovic you know, still scoring goals. He's now joint top goal scorer with uh, Chiro Mobley, both won 10 goals. So, yeah, it's uh, exciting as ever. You know, goals in every game pretty much as usual. And for me, it's without a doubt the most exciting league in Europe this season. And talking of Italian football, um, Inter are currently playing at home to Shadka Donetsk. And they are currently winning 1-0, thanks to a goal from Edin Dzeko. So as it stands, if it stays the way it is, albeit when this podcast comes out, it'll be way after these games finish. But at the moment, that would mean Inter Milan are on with 10 points with five games played. Madrid, four games played, nine points. And then Sheriff, four games played, six points. So that I mean, win should help them pretty much go through. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the other Champions League games, tonight, obviously you've got AC Milan, who are away to Atletico Madrid. And... Um, after just speaking to a few Milan fans already today, I think they're all pretty, you know, pessimistic about what's going to happen. They're away to Atleti, and then the last game they're at home to Liverpool. And although Liverpool are already through, they won't need to, 
you know, put our best players out. You wouldn't think they would do that anyway. They already guarantee top spot. It'd be interesting to see what they do because the guys I spoke to don't want to see Milan drop down into the Europa League because they actually have a realistic chance of winning the Squadetto this season. And they have a lot of injuries and they don't have a lot of squad depth either. So it's now really depending on what they do tonight. Because if they get a win tonight somehow, then they have a realistic chance, you'd think, of actually making the knockout stages. But then again, they they don't really want to go you know down into the Europa League because although it's a winnable competition this year, it's a lot of games you've got to play mm, yeah. and it's a lot of travelling as well. And again, you know, with when you've got Ibrahimovic and Giroud up front who are, you know, joint age of probably over 50, you know, 80 years of age, you're not going to really get far. So, interesting. Well, AC Milan fans will be worried because our team for tonight features Alisson, Matip, Canate, Thiago, Salah and Mane. So, Wow. Which is confusing to me. We are playing people like Tyler Morton, uh, Tamikas, Nico Williams, Minamimo, etc. Um, we are still playing quite a few starters. So I don't know whether it's because we're at home. I don't know whether because if we travel maybe. to Italy, maybe he'll then just bring the youngsters through. I don't know. But um, he did the same thing last year. He played Jota in a meaningless game and he got injured. So hopefully we don't see a repeat of that happening to us. But I want to get one final question. One final one word for more, you guys. From your respective leagues you cover, which team is most likely to win the Champions League? Now, we'll, we'll go to you first, Alex, because yours is probably pretty obvious who, who yours is. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, is it? PSG? Like... <clears throat> yeah, fair. Um, uh, I'm not, I'm, I haven't made my guess. I'm going to say... Um, 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 uh, I'm going to go to Lille. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. I haven't watched them so far. At least they have a consistent goal scorer and attack that actually functions. Unlike PSG, Mr. Poch. <laughs> to be fair, they, they are top of the group. They are top of the group, albeit a very tight group, three points between fourth and first. But um... I know, but I will say, especially to anyone else who's like, oh my God, why do people complain about Poch, PSG, are top of everything? Go and have a look at the reactions of PSG fans. Like, either English ones or translated from French to like the, the news reporters on Twitter of Poch potentially leaving it is just consistently get him out thank god <laughs> we're <they> finally <laughs> Messi will finally play good we're finally going to win a game like properly and things like that so they, I've genuinely not seen a single PSG fan unhappy that Poch could potentially leave they know they're yeah. going to get Zidane that's why yeah exactly yeah they're like Zidane yeah. is like infinitely better and I would based yeah. off Poch's spell at PSG I'd agree Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd probably say the same. I like Poch, but I, I would probably agree. I mean, for me, from the Premier League point of view, I, I'd say Man City are the most likely to win the Champions League um, just due to a lot of things, but due to like, the depth and the talent they have in that first team. And um, they've, they've got to the final now, so they know how to get there. So I think they will go far once again. And I think this year could be the year that they do. I mean, I still think PSG will win it all, but, um, but yeah, I do think that... Um, but I do think that Man City the best bet. But I think with the Dan, I think the PSG, obviously, the owners are clearly intent on winning the Champions League. That's why they've gone all out on people like Messi. Um, and I think if they want someone to win the Champions League, who better that who's out there than someone who's won three or four Champions Leagues with Real Madrid? So he's he's clearly got the experience, albeit you know he's got Ronaldo, but then he's got like, you now have Messi and Mbappe and Neymar and Di Maria. So I think Zidane is probably. I think if Poch does go to Man U, I think Zidane is the perfect replacement. 
because he he know he's got that European pedigree. He knows how to win, and he knows how to handle big egos like at Real Madrid. So um, yeah, I think Zidane would be a good appointment. But I still think he's waiting for the for the France job myself when the Champs leaves. Um, right, we'll go to you, Naeem. Which Spanish team do you think is most likely to win the Champions League this year? Um, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be Real Madrid, isn't it? Um, so Barcelona, they might drop down to Europa League. Atletico Madrid, they do. They obviously they always manage to get out of the group, but then I don't know. I, I think their best time of trying to win it was um, those two finals they got to when they obviously lost to Real Madrid. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Real Madrid. I think they got the best chance out of the Spanish teams. And then finally, Ryan, Inter Milan are actually now two that in their game. Jack has scored once again, but. Who do you think out of Italian teams is most likely to to go all the way? Well, interestingly, just on Naeem's quick point there of Real Madrid, if if you're a Ben connoisseur like me, that they're twenty to one to win the Champions League, which I think is outrageous odds for them. For some Man United are fourteen to one. Just put that into perspective. Fucking hell, really? Yeah. So somehow in some unknown but universe is that is that because they think because it's a Brit- British betting market do you reckon that I've seen this before people talk about it where if you're obviously in the country obviously in our case in the UK mm. you've got more fans of Man U who are more likely to put money on whereas you've probably got less people likely to put nah, money but on. then you put the odds up for United you put the odds up for like 1 to 50 because then you get United fans going well actually I think we're you know we can we have a chance here they look yeah, at they- 1 to 14 and think well that's a joke but then, if uh, yeah, but that means that more, more less people will buy money, and therefore that people will be paid out. Yeah, I guess, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's 